Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Six Pack Lapidat and Paul Marizan. Wednesdays. Ooh. Hey everybody, not very wildly unpopular. Could, I mean, yeah, that's uh, but, uh restart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this will all be edited and you'll never hear any of this. Today, we got, this is first time we've done a podcast like this and uh, kind of exciting. So we're going to do like a, I put the world's collide, trying to make it sound fucking phenomenal. Trying to make it sound like it's a showdown of some sort, but... Yeah, or just like uh, ideals, but in reality, it's uh, we've already fucking had episodes together. Yeah, but it, it's so what it is. All right, let's just cut to the chase so they know what the hell. Um, so everybody's probably heard of Brocast. Um, Andy, that huge agent. Well, I'm using Instagram handles. That's how everybody. Well, knows I was going to say that is not part of Racist Wednesday. <laughs> <That's> fucking <laughs> listen before we jump to conclusion. That's his goddamn Instagram name. Like, thank you for making sure. <laughs> You go, oh, we're still going on with Racist Wednesday, are we? No. Andy Wang, the, which, um, on Instagram, Andy Huge Agent, and Brennan Allen, who run Brocast, and, um, and Kenny Ellis are going to do a special, you know, we, we work together on this, and this is, here's what it is. I love podcasts. I fucking think, like, everybody in the mother, almost every dude, Joe Rogan is our era's men's Oprah. I saw a meme like that. You know what? I never thought about it like that, but that's such a good way of putting it. He is. It's yeah. He's our even if if put it this way, back in the day, maybe not so much now, but in the nineties, you talk to a woman, like a woman, not when if you grew up in the nineties or whatever the shit, not when you were in grade school, high school, whatever, but all the women you knew, if they didn't watch Oprah regularly, they've seen some episodes and they like her. Any dude you know around our age. 20s, 30s, even probably into 40s. Um, you, if you don't watch Joe, listen to Joe Rogan regularly, you've you've heard some episodes. You're aware who's on next week. You're aware when the big names are on there, and you know you heard about the latest shit that went down on his episode. He's our fucking guy. Yeah, I know. Everybody, even, as I said, even if you don't listen to him, you know about the podcast. You know about what he's doing. Yeah. what he's done. How he, he's evolved it. He's our Oprah. Yeah. So, in saying that, um, if you watch, there's a little, there's like offshoots, kind of. So his crew, in essence, is um, like Brennan Schwab and Brian Cowan, the fighter and the kid. They also get millions of downloads on their, on their podcast. It's how they make their living. Um, Chris D'Elia, Theo Vaughn. Um, Jesus Christ, there's a uh, Bert. Jesus Christ is a uh, Jesus Christ has a podcast. Wow. Yeah, it's a you thick fruit. Hey, think yo, more hey, that. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little dry. Uh, it's a little dry on the topics. But anyways, all those fellas have all different podcasts. They're strong together because they appear in each other's podcasts. They share each other's um, listeners, and and that's how they grow. You hear, you hear about them through Joe Rogan or each other, right? So, anyways. That's why we reach out to other people and be like, don't view each other as competition because God knows powerlifting is nowhere near big enough to split the pie, <laughs> okay? We're not splitting the powerlifting pie and getting any kind of follow-up. Yeah, that's, we're, that's we're taking the whole pie. We're taking the whole goddamn pie. That's, but, uh, and then you're going to American pie and stick it in. But, um, I don't know, I see if that should go weird. But, uh, this is a very weird intro. Yes, this is, 
But, uh, so anyways, yeah, so work together. You know, for sure, work together. And, uh, and you only get stronger, you only get better this way. Um, that's why, like, man, that's basically what King of is, is, just having people on, trying to give people exposure. You have everyone from, like, the big names to people who have under 5,000 followers but are, like, world-class and need a push. Yeah. And that's what we're doing, right? So... Without a rude email reply for those that aren't making the cut. Uh, that's right. Someone asked, who the fuck is y'all? Who the fuck is y'all? That's what I'm going to start asking. Yeah. Who the fuck is y'all? And then, like, three years later, he's huge, and he's winning world titles. I'm like, hey, man. Hey, we should have had him on. Yes. Yeah, well. And he's saying the same thing to us. That's exactly it. So, um, uh, yeah, and Brendan Allen and Andy are, are good characters, good ambassadors, and funny guys, and uh, lifting in the big shows. Um, so they, like, more represent will be the untested feds. Because they we lift up. We're IPF lifters. But we feature everybody. We feature these guys. Yep. So we don't just, but... Us ourselves in the IPF, and that's probably who you know face to face, seeing each other at events and shit. Um, so easier to, to connect, literally, in, in, like face to face in reality with them. But these these are the fellas that are on the U.S. Open and at uh, Bossa Bosses. Oh yeah, these are the guys. Expo. These are the guys that are doing all the big meets. These right. are the guys that are winning the paychecks. Yeah, so they're in that world, meeting face to face with them. So they have a lot of those lifters on. So it's good to bring those two worlds together. Every now and then, it kind of get like a flavor of what do you guys think about the IPF or, or the USAPL Raw Nationals coming up? Are you guys paying attention? What are you guys thinking? Or, you know, just it's kind of good to hear different perspectives, right? It'll shock you. Remember Kevin Oak came on. He's like, man, I watch IPF all the fucking time. I watch like IPF Worlds all the time. He's like, people might not think that I would care, but yeah, for sure. No, I mean, powerlifters love powerlifting. It just seems to be the way that the sport is and anybody that's drawn into it, I you talk to seems to be paying attention to all the different fans. What makes it like um, different for me, for me, like if I was going to put myself in their shoes. So in, in my shoes, in the tested division, like IPF, um, when you look over in the untested, their weights obviously are going to be heavier because it's untested. So, so it's like, holy shit, look at the weights going down. And that's what powerlifting is, is you're watching to see the big weights fly and that's what's so intriguing. That's why it makes me wonder if you're on the other side, though, that is untested and even bigger weights are flying. When you look at the tested, does it feel not watered down in terms of competition? Because I think the competition is deeper with more people, but watered down in terms of the weights being shifted. I know for myself, I have an appreciation for um, lighter weights, but it's harder to tell what is top of like you it, to have a barometer unless you're really in the thick of things. And you know who's who and what's, what's elite weight to be shifted. But with Brandon Allen, who's a fucking monster of a man in the untested, and he'll give you, give you a list of the shit that he'll be doing, you know, and he can move some massive weight. For him, watching 74 kilo tested men's, is he going to get yeah, some excitement? I was going to say, yeah, I don't think he's paying much attention to the... Uh... But that being said, I wouldn't... You got a guy like Kevin Oak, massive dude, shifting massive weights. And he said... Just as a sports fan, and, and this is where we're getting with powerlifting, when you have competition, when it's close enough, it's not necessarily the weight. It's fucking when, when it's from toe to toe. My God, it's well, back and forth battle. And that's it. And you still, yeah, the weights are going to be a little bit lower because it's, you know, tested versus untested. Yeah. You've got different stuff going on. But the thing is, like, it's not like the IPL or the IPF lifters are any weaker in a lot Watch of ways. Your mouth there. Yeah, I Watch almost your mouth that's, there. that was the that was the pull there for a second. Yeah, 
Uh, we'll talk but about that one sec. You've yeah. got guys like Hack going over. You've got guys like Dennis Cornelius going over. So why would you not watch them? And, and you've got would, Ray, who's a honestly, monster. I would honestly debate. It is more if if the competition's thin and it's like a Ray Williams show, um, and you got like maybe three guys at the top, so the battles aren't going to be thick. You it's you need the guys shifting big weights. But if it's thick competition, everyone's neck and neck, changing the momentum, like the one hundred fives. It's not as it's not as big a deal how much weight is being lifted as much as they're so fucking closely competitive yeah, it's more of an and back and forth. Even if a guy like Brennan Allen w- wouldn't necessarily know, like he's like, okay, I would crush all this weight, but holy shit, this was action packed. Yeah. And people were like staying up, it was stand up room only, and world records back and forth. This guy's ahead, then this guy pulls ahead, and this well, this guy might bomb out and shit like that. That's what sports needs. Sports needs shifting of momentum and doubt, doubt whether or not who's going to win. Uh, four or five guys all competing at the same level or girls, 63 kilo women's, same thing. You need that. And that's more important than one person shifting tons of weight, but they're just shifting weight all the whole time. And there's a head and no one's really, it's too spread out. And, and yeah. you start off in this position, end off in this position. That's cool. But I think even, you know what I mean? It, it, it does help. Yeah, and, I think, and I think that's the benefit of the IPF. Yeah, 100%. And that is the drawback of uh, the USPA's testing. Yeah, the, USA, or the USPA tested. You know that if Larry Wheels shows up 100%, he's no, the, probably going to win. You no, know, in the, the tested. In the tested. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, so I'm saying in the tested, they would have like Steph F's in the tested. I wish she came to USAPL. Yeah. That would be amazing to see. But in the tested, I don't know who she's going against. And there's no showdowns for her. I just like Steph F, but I don't know... I, none of her Chisholm showdowns coming up. I don't yeah. get excited about it. Where Jen Milliken, my gosh, she's going to go to battle Sam Calhoun and Jen Thompson at uh, USA Raw Nationals. I'm excited for Jen Milliken's next meet. I'm not excited for Steph F's next meet. Maybe what she'll do individually, but that's not what sports is. Hey, let me see your individual performance. It's No, you're not going to yeah. tune in and watch that event. You're going to tune in to her Instagram when she posts a video. Exactly. Uh, Kimberly Walford, one of the greatest of all time, moves over to USPA and the USPA um, tested nationals. It's like... I probably, I didn't watch it or it came and went. Not many people did. I don't know. No, I'm did. pretty sure I saw the highlights on Instagram again, but I, I'd be, I, I can't, I, I can tell you what she actually did. I'd be happy for her if she did well, but, um, you know, sports, I'm not watching you just do all exactly watch your Instagram sports. If I'm going to sit down on a Sunday afternoon and watch a fucking football game, I need more than one team on the field. Don't run scrimmages. You're watching the practice rosters. That's right. I'm not watching the basketball team and some dudes just shooting threes. No opposition. You know, I need fucking. You know, you need some competition. And that's where I think um, some people don't realize like sports. That's what you need. That's why the. That's why I think all the IPFs there. And that's why U.S. Open. They've they've gotten it right. We're like, look at. We might not have the numbers, but if we make it best lifter, now everybody gets everybody. Now it's competing across. Crossed all meets. They, they got it. It was good. It's and then good. you throw 40 grand on the line as for well. 40 grand, and you got even more. Uh, yeah, so um, it's moving in the right direction. You know what yeah. I mean? You just, it's not, you just got to figure out how to sort it out. And if it's like, okay, we only got X amount of people showing up, how do we spice it up? Let's make it everybody against everybody. And now let's even raise the stakes even more. Yep. But um, anyways, it'll be good to talk shop with these fellas. Threw some polls up recently, last couple weeks. On our Instagram, and um, I want to see what uh, 
what these guys say about those polls and, the, and, the, and their views as well. And thank you, everybody, for jumping in these polls. Because when I throw those polls up, it's not just for shits and giggles. It's not just for the hell of it. I'm throwing these polls up so that um, we have some discussion points for our guests later on that evening. So with no further ado, I bring to you, ladies and gentlemen, King of the Lifts meets the broadcast. So it, he is naked as, as per shit. Let's see here. Who else is... Uh, well, I'm naked from the waist down. So that's uh, we're kind of meeting halfway here. Oh, shit. And Brandon is also naked. Now I feel like a square. We did this wrong. Would you guys believe we have our pants off? And <laughs> <laughs> we're side by side, just to make it's, it a little more interesting. Yeah, that's... I didn't even know yeah. what I was walking Andy's into. working on his lighting right now because he's got his shirt off. This is, this is audio. I don't want to be all dark in here. No, that's true. That's I don't true. own shirts. What's that? I don't own shirts. You don't own shirts, that's right. Muscle shirts and that's it. Yeah, I live in the fucking desert. That's right. Well, that's true. Oh, yeah, who needs a shirt there? That's true. That's true. So how you fellas doing? Good. Pretty buzzed. Pretty and not, and not and not just for this podcast, right, buddy? That's just life. That's right. Just like life. Well, that's the way to be. That's the way to be. It's a rest day, so I've been smoking pot and eating fucking junk food all day. God, I wish I was a super happy one. What a life. What's a, what's your body weight at? Because you got your body weight super low. Well, I'm pretty heavy right now. I'm three forty-five to three fifty. And how low did you get? Uh, I've gone all the way as low as 282. Damn. And then when I rebounded back, like just started eating normal again, I went up to 300, 310. And that's where I'm comfortable is 300 to 310. And then um, if I'm doing a, you know, a meet, and obviously the heavier I am, the stronger I am. So I'll go up to 320 to 330 range. But uh, for big dogs, obviously, I made the exception. And uh, me and my wife decided 350 was going to be the cutoff. <laughs> I like how you said me and my wife. So she was like, well, she's got to help dress me and like, wipe my ass. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. Is it really? When you get that big, is it tough yeah. to like get your shirt on? Get your shirt it's on? It's so hard. I don't do the other day. Let's, my gym members love it because they can tell when my wife's home or not. Because I'll show up to the gym <laughs> with gym shorts only, no shoes, <laughs> no socks, no shirt, just shorts, no underwear. You, you show up <laughs> looking like a jacked up Fred Flintstone, a fucking bench sheet, <laughs> flip flops. Right, as long as it's like a deadlift or a bench hit, that's fine. That's right. That's right. Then, God, I hope. And then on, uh, on squat days, you know, I got to make sure I get my socks put on before she hits out the door for work. They're like, I hope it's a stiff-legged deadlift for God's sake because we can't get them too low. <laughs> we don't want a low setup. Right. Shit. And how big do you get, Andy, in between meets? Do you have to cut a lot of weight? Oh, I go down when I don't compete. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so I so I compete when I'm prepping. I'm usually around like mid two eighty, so two eighty five. And then when I'm not in prep in all season, I try to get down to like two seventy, two sixty five, because it's just more comfortable and more. You know, I look better that way too. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's half of it. Yeah, I just care about breathing. So when I'm off season, I go down to three ten so I can breathe. <laughs> Is it tough? How tall are you, Brandon? Six one. Oh, okay, so you're a big dude, anyways, though. At least it's spread. Yeah, I'm, pretty, 
people usually think I'm short because like they see me and my wife in video and they don't realize that like my wife is tall for a girl but she's six foot tall she's very tall Holy so shit. they see this as like the same height and they're like oh he's probably like 5'10 this is my business wife <laughs> yeah 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 oh hell no like, yeah, is no. It, do you feel in the day to day when you're like a 350 pound man do I feel what do you feel it in like your day to day oh yeah it's miserable it's like nothing's like I only Mind you, I usually only prep for 10 weeks or less, so mm -hmm. it's not very long I have to deal with being this uncomfortable, but, um, yeah, everything sucks, man. I mean, just moving around, walking, and then depending on what drugs you're on, you know, like the back pump and shit like that, so mm -hmm. it's just, uh, you know, it, it sucks. You, <laughs> you, good about it. you were saying last time you were on here that, um, yeah, some of the stuff when you're peaking and you're increasing dosages, like, you feel like shit. You feel terrible. The only time you feel good is when you're under the bar, you know, and that's only for what, uh, a couple hours a week, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, so the rest of the time, you're just a miserable fat fuck, pissed <laughs> off at everybody. Would you, but you probably, <laughs> like, in your off season, would you lay off how much you're taking then? Just like feel oh, better? Oh, absolutely. I go, oh yeah, absolutely. I go way down to, um, like 250 milligrams a week to sometimes none, depending on how long of an off season I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but then again, if I'm competing, you know, within like six months of each other or shorter, maybe it'll go down to like only 500 milligrams a week. Mm -hmm. It just depends, you know, and but I feel much better when I'm not on a ton of gear. Like the only time you feel good when you're on a lot of gear is when you just started. And then after a few weeks, it starts to like shit. But, um, you know, it's just kind of the life I chose. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the life we chose to, to be a savage, eh? Absolutely. So there's been a little bit of talk in like the in the U.S. Open and with this whole with the email gate and stuff. I wanted to get your guys like take on that because um, I know you guys are obviously associated with like USPA and the U.S. Open itself. And what did you guys feel about all that? Um, I'll go first if you don't mind. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't like. I didn't agree with the outcome. Um, I know Gracie, it's not like a one-time thing. I know Gracie has a um, reputation for, um, you know, kind of just being short-tempered and whatnot, but uh, she's fucking pregnant, you know what I mean? Like, the, e the the rules are very clear, like, don't email, don't call if you're total your Wilkes isn't this, or, you know what I mean? It was very clear. And then I'm sure she got many, many more before this one, you know what I mean? And eventually she's like, you know what, I can't take this anymore. Like, why are you wasting my fucking time? Like, yeah. I, so I get it. You know what I mean? I get it. But, again, like, obviously there's got to be some type of professionalism. So I understand the USPA's decision. I just don't agree with it. You know what I mean? I think that uh, everyone's so soft nowadays, and everyone gets their feelings hurt. And like, like, who the fuck cares if one little girl got her fucking feelings hurt? They shouldn't have sent a dumb email then, you know? And I know my opinion isn't popular, and I really don't give a fuck. But um, that's just the way I felt about it. How about you, Andy? What are you thinking? Uh, so, like, I've had many dealings with Gracie. Uh, I mean, all positive as far as how she treats me. But I've just, I've heard so many things from other people. Um, and just, uh, personally, from her, from, as her position as a meat director, a coach, business owner, all that, you just, you just can't do that, you know, no matter how pregnant or how stressed you are. Um, and, and this is just, there's just been multiple warnings. She's given so many chances, but I, I mean, I do agree with Brandon that, you know, we've become soft and everyone's butthurt, but, um, 
the USPA's responsibility is to, you know, protect the lifters, not just like one popular meat director. So I, I agree with that call that they made. Um, me and Brandon just, we just don't like that the US Open is now sanctioned by a lesser quality, le, le, lesser quality federation, you know. So hopefully, you know, they, they I mean, I, a lot of it comes down to the judging and the actual judges, but still just overall quality and how it's handled. I just am so used to USPA and their standards. I just don't know how um, this is going to be, um, you know, ran. See, here's here's the thing that I was saying. When you're looking at it, I can respect the fact that um, Dennis would say, and that's the the president with the USPA would say, look at like you like you fellas are saying, and you know you 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 have. I thought you might have a little more information whether or not. Look at this is not just an isolated thing. I'm not making a decision based off of one email. We've gotten complaints. This one went public. There's a huge backlash. Kind of the straw that broke the camel's back situation. So he's like, I gotta fucking do something. I respect that, you know. And if he draws a line in the sand for better or worse, he's like, I gotta pull. But the what, the only thing I'm worried about for him, if even though he's doing the old man of moral situation, does that hurt the USPA losing the biggest? You know, a vet. Like, well, I think not only know. that, not only that. Then think of it. Where do you, where does it draw the line? Where do you end? Because just because a couple of people fucking are pissed off and crying about it, like I guarantee you, the percentage of people in our community that were bitching about it is so small. But it, they're always so fucking loud. You know what I mean? Like, so it's always it could be a small percentage of a small you know part of the community, but they're so loud that they get such a big voice, and then you grant them that big voice by giving into them. Where does it end? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but Brandon, so look, let's take your situation with your tattoo, right? right. There was a small percentage of people bitching and complaining. Now, had Steve given into that, you know, it would be a different outcome, right? So Steve... Right. Does, but what if, that's what I'm saying. Where does it end? Like, in situations like mine and situations like Gracie, at some point, you got to say... Well, his has... Well, Gracie's situation has many, many documented cases of proof. Right? And we can't let, you know, he just had to set an example. And based on all the comments and reactions, there are so many people who have had runs with Gracie. Like, I, I, I could venture to say just from my personal, what I've seen, read, and heard, at least 30 people. That is a lot of fucking people. Yeah. You know? Well, and, they're talking in terms of no, 12,000 that's in the USPA. But, but, it's not really. But, but going back to the question, um, so, first of all, like, a lot of people assume that, like, USPA makes all kinds of money from the Open. They don't. They only make money off running the actual meet. Like, the, Steve only pays the, the officials and the judges, like, what they normally would for a meet. He doesn't pocket all that money. That's all for Gracie and, and Kern. Right. Okay? So, uh, yeah, USPA might lose the Open, but what's not to say, like, he doesn't uh, do another meet or put on his own meet later that kind of can rival the U.S. Open or be similar or pour them into or pour more attention into something like a tribute, which is kind of what, you know, can, be, can replace it. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. But well, just to clear something up too, you're kind of comparing apples to oranges by saying my case and Grace's case are similar. Uh, Grace's case is based off actions. My case is based off presumptions or, you know, of what people interpret something. What, what I never fucking case? did anything. For, for people who don't know, because I don't know the situation either, what's... What's the uh, situation there? 
Well, people just interpret a lot of my tattoos, or not a lot of it, you know, a couple of my tattoos as being white supremacist and shit like that, and people have made a lot of comments about that. It seems to be real popular nowadays to call people Nazis and shit, and it's just going to be further from the fucking case, man. And, uh, um, again, uh, I, you know, I, I ended up covering up a hand tattoo that I really liked, you know, that was just a skull and crossbones, but a lot of people connected it to some, you know, German Nazi shit, and... Once I saw the connection, I was like, all right, I guess, you know, that is pretty similar. So, you know, I, I didn't want to, people to interpret me that way. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm about. And that's not what uh, I want to be known as by any means, you know. But it went as far as, like, turning into a fucking witch hunt where, you know, I have 88 tattooed on my belly where people are saying, oh, he's not even born an 88. That means hell Hitler. And that was the first I've heard of that. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know, I just turned 30 years old. I'm born in 1988. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. And, like, I literally have people telling me, no, you're not. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm okay, I guess I'm not. You know, and uh, I don't know, man. Again, uh, I think our cases are definitely similar in a lot of ways, but very different. Uh, I never came at anyone wrong. I've never disrespected anyone. I've treated everyone fair. It was just the way that a small group of people interpreted some of my tattoos, and they were so fucking loud about it, so adamant of going to this witch hunt and trying to bring me down. It, it just got out of control, and I think because I chose not to respond, which is what was advised to me by a lawyer, and just to, you know, just, just what are you going to do, you know what I mean? You know, they have their mindset up, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, you know, you're a fucking liar. So, so that's, that's the problem. I, you know, I just kept it all in and kept it to myself, and it was a tough thing to do, man. It was a really tough thing to do, I'll be honest. It, that's the problem. Uh, you know, social media is still relatively new, yeah. and new to me. So that's the problem. With out- off there a little bit. Some of the outrage culture is um, if you get like so even if something's legitimate, like like Andy's saying you have like thirty, you know, if you had thirty complaints, there's a legitimate beef here. But if people go too big, outrage you have people on social media outraged as though like like they're like fuck her, fuck her bloodline, fuck her unborn child. They should like like they they go way above what she did with a knee pill. Where it's like, you guys see the irony here, don't you? And if you you go so big there, you leave yourself no room for someone who's really a piece of shit, like a Bill Cosby or something. It's like, there's (laughs) real pieces of shit. There are people who are, she's a piece of shit. No, no, no. She's mean. She's mean. She's not a piece of shit. No, she sent out a... I just said she sent out an angry she's email rude that was probably shouldn't have been sent out, but she's, at the same time. She's unprofessional, but she's not a piece of shit. It was a stupid like, email. People, right. Yeah, people go too far where it's like, maybe she should be disconnected from certain things. Yeah. But let's not fucking well, end her. Let's ruin her. Let's she like there are real monsters out there. You and, know what I mean? And right. based on the pattern of what she does, why would you not punish just the meat director? Like it's interesting the point that you made, Andy about how you guys now have to lift under a different fed that you don't really lift under, you're not really aware of. Yeah. So yeah. to protect one lifter or one sanctional lifters, you're punishing another sanctional lifter. It's tough. It's a tough decision. Yeah. It's a tough decision. Uh, right. What do you guys think about... So what I'm thinking with the US uh, PA though, because um, having that... I know for myself, it was big. Whoever has that US Open because it's such the big one, right? And I'm sure everybody's still going to lift at it. I posted a poll whether or not it matters who sanctioned it because it's so big. People are just like overwhelmingly, it doesn't really matter who sanctions it, they're going to watch it. It's such a big event. Having that on your calendar, just having it on your calendars, it's got to help the federation, right? In terms of being like, well, what events do you have? And that's kind yeah, of what hurt a little, right? Have, not having that on your calendar roster. But like you said, Andy, there is, tribute's not small. 
You know, there's some money behind these. No, I just I just think when you're the USPA, you're comparing twelve thousand lifters to like I don't know, like this 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 US Open is going to be two days with forty five lifters each, so ten, so ninety top lifters. Okay, they have to look think about the better of their their overall, you know, the ninety nine point nine percent of their their yeah, yeah, no, members, true. you know. Or we're not yeah, but, but, ninety lifters aren't paying the bills, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but as me and Brandon, like we. We don't care about what federation we lift in. Like, we just want the competition. Whether it's, even if it's ran badly, at the end of the day, like, no beat's perfect, but we live to a certain standard, so we're going to represent ourselves and our lifting, you know, the way we like to. We're going to walk out our squats, whatever. And, you know, so it really doesn't matter the federation to me, personally. I don't, Brandon, you can talk about that. doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm a USPA guy all the way. I've never competed in a federation other than the USPA. And um, in fact, my next week coming up, going out to Australia, competing in Big Dogs will be my first time competing outside of the USPA. And who runs Big Dogs? Marcus. 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 It's a pro. Um, you know, they run like the uh, pro raw. Pro raw. GPC. Yeah. GPC pro raw. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, yeah. I know the GPC. Yeah, there is because it, it is kind of as long as the judging's fair. It is what it is, right? Yeah. It, it, I think, I think with, with different federations, it also depends on the meat promoter. So, like, I've done re- record breakers, which, like, Jesse Burdick runs. He's a great meat director. It, it was a well-ran, but there's other meats in that federation that aren't ran to that standard. So, I think, you know, I think Dan Green's the president of WRPF for USA. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, he's ran a lot of meats before. So, I think each meat is, is still a little, uh, you know, separate or independent of the federation sometimes just depends on the, the promoter or the director. So. And that's probably true. And in that respect, yeah. probably there's going to be not many changes at all for the U.S. Open. It's going to be exact same. Yeah, if they got to have Hopefully. a beach director, Dan Green's not a bad one. No, it's going to be Gracie, though. Yeah, sorry, it's yeah. going Gracie. But well, gonna the have... biggest problem with us was um, the squat was, you know, me, me and Andy are, you know, we're old school guys and we like to walk out our squat and we want to compete against other guys that are doing the same thing. So obviously USPA is one, that's one of the main reasons, the biggest reason probably why we can beat USPA is because of the squat and the, the judge and the squat. But when you go to another federation now, they got a monolith or all these other rules, but they did change, or Gracie did announce that they were going to make it that you have to walk out your squat for that meet. Yeah. Yeah. And that so, makes a big difference for you guys. You think it's an intangible that should be in there? Absolutely. It's a huge difference walking out a thousand pounds. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here ready to go to Australia, and me and Honor will be the only ones walking out of our squats. So you will do it even if the competition's not. Correct. Well, why is that though? Well, I mean, like just like even like if you're a straight dude and you go to a gay bar, you're not gonna go with gay dudes just because that's what everyone else is doing. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's college. You gotta try things. <laughs> No, I'm all about trying things. I'm just letting you know. I'm, I'm certainly trying it at all. <laughs> That's well said, sir. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's... You know, some, yeah, whatever works for you, right? <laughs> so these, these last, uh, about three weeks ago, we had three big uh, competitions. Um, the LA Fit Expo, Boss of Bosses, and then Tribute. Who do you guys think had probably the biggest performance that weekend? Uh, well, I was I, I I competed at the Anaheim, so I can tell you that it's got to be between the tribute and the and boss of bosses because there's not much right. competition at the Anaheim. Oh, there wasn't. No, I, I <laughs> yeah, I won in my openers. 
So, oh shit! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he went, and he was being a bully, and he went just go in twelve hundred bucks real quick. Yeah. <laughs> was it twelve hundred? Damn! With openers, yeah. might as well collect the easy money. Yeah, okay. No well, look for me. I live in I live like fifteen minutes away. So yeah, yeah. A nice a nice training day. I went like six for nine and one twelve fifty. So. You know, and I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't peaking for it. So, but I think, um, I don't know, it's hard to say, like, which meet was better between Boston and um, Is there any standout performances, though, that you had seen? CC and uh, uh, the Russian girl, Miriam. Yeah. Miriam. Uh, Miriam, yeah. uh, That was at Pioneer, and, you know, obviously that was, you know, pretty, uh, pretty crazy performance. They broke, both of them broke world record Wilkes and shit. Like, see, every time CC gets on the platform, she's going to break a world record Wilkes, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. She's definitely the breakthrough story for 2018 so far. Would you oh, think? yeah. She's a female Larry Wills. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Like, honestly, we have, like, um, her and then... Is it Steffi Cohn? Yeah, I would... Pretty well, I mean, at the U.S. Open, it was her and Steffi Cohen. Steffi had well, Mariana. And Mariana as well, yeah. yeah. I think Steffi, because they were neck and neck. Her, Steffi and her were very close in Wilkes, were they not? I think they were neck and neck. Yeah, well, Steffi won. Steffi was ahead, and then Mariana, uh, I think she took it. Did she? I thought she, she would. Uh, I think Steffi finished third. I can't remember. Yeah. CC got first. On the, I think, yeah, Steffi got third, so yeah. Cause it, um, I remember leading into it. I mean, there's everybody knows Steffi, man. She's closing in on like four hundred thousand Instagram followers or whatever. But after that competition, um, we, I, I had a feeling CC. I picked CC to be the one to win it, and um, I like booked her for the podcast because like I got a fucking feeling, fellas. And we we interviewed her, and boom, over like a day, she's like, my God, man. My Instagram follower like doubled overnight. People sent oh, yeah. messages and like easily the breakthrough star from from the U.S. Open. Because leading before to, the U.S. before the U.S. Open, she had like eight thousand followers. The next day, she had twenty thousand. Yeah, just that quickly. Boom goes the button. Yeah. She no, but honestly, she she is uh, like ungodly strong. Like literally, um, I you. It's hard to wrap your head around. No one's even close. No one is even close to yeah. CC. She is like the. There's, Tiger Woods in his prime, Michael Jordan is prime, Wayne Gretzky in his prime for women's powerlifting right. right now. Is there anybody close to CC? No. No. Like, I can't picture anybody coming out of the woodworks. It's too, it'd be too far. No, it could happen. Like, as the sport grows, there's going to be some, like, freak, like, um, playing some sport that ends up, like, you know, hey, I, I got, you know, this sport's not doing well for me. I'm just super strong. Let me like, try power. Yeah, like that's, that's, what happened with, that's what happened with CrossFit, you know? All right. Yeah. That's why so many people got into powerlifting. There's, you know, football players and other guys that are just stupid strong. But, um, you know, there's no money in it, which there still really isn't. And there won't be for a while. But, you know, but it didn't have any popularity, at least. And now that it's popular, other guys are like, well, instead of sitting on my ass, you know, I'm like, let's fucking lift heavy and get famous on Instagram and, you know what I mean, and do this powerlifting thing and make some money. <laughs> it's, it is crazy how, um, I mean, we had, like, Pitbull Torres on here from the Strength Cartel. And he, have you guys had the pit bull on your show? Uh, so I, I work out at the same gym with, with Kevin, so we see each other all the time, and I talked to him about doing it. We just haven't like linked up the time yet. Oh yeah. man, he's he's a good one. He's a hell of a like he's. I don't know him personally, like you know him. So maybe yeah. it's, a, it's probably different when you know somebody's story already. 
as a person, yeah. when you don't know and you hear it, you're like, oh, shit. So it's a little different for me. But, uh, yeah, I was shocked. But he was saying, actually, how he knows guys who are in the NFL. And NFL in America is like a fucking religion. It's huge. And he has more Instagram followers than guys who are in the, in the NFL. He's like, oh, yeah, way more. It's crazy, man, how big powerlifting can get for social media. Oh, yeah. No, I, I follow a lot of NFL players that have, like, a tenth of the following that I have. It's crazy. Isn't that like, enough uh, to wrap your head around? Right? It's nuts. I mean, obviously, the big dogs are going to have a ton of following. But um, just average regular players, they don't have shit. And why do you guys think that is? Just because, like, we're the superstar in our sport. And, like, you know, so we're, we're going to need a lot more attention from, like, the whole crowd. And so, like, the superstars in their sports are going to need a lot more attention. So let's say our big guys have a couple hundred thousand. Their big guys are going to have a couple million. You know what I mean? It's just because there's so many NFL players that, you know, we're just talking about the, the top guys. And not to, you know, call myself Tom Brady, but, you know, we're, I'm one of the top guys in powerlifting, so I'm going to grasp more of the community, which is still way smaller than their community. It's just bigger than the small guys. But I also think you have to, like, social, you have to try to grow your social media. Like you Absolutely. Can't, you can't just be good at something and just expect social media to, like, you know, fall in love with you. Unless so. you're John Cena. John Cena's Instagram was, like, the dumbest shit ever. Dude, what <laughs> the shit? That's it. true. What yeah. the fuck is yeah. he posting? He we still like, follow it, though. I still follow it, though. You never know. Like, I do, too. Like, video one day. And you know what? John Cena, like, lifts weights and, like, not crazy like you fellas, but he's he's in the gym doing shit. He could be he the rock. Down, yeah. if, if he wants to be the rock, he could be actually probably outlifts the rock. He could like he could do that shit. But for some reason, he still has a following, man. It's weird, shitty posts. He posts the dumbest shit, the dumbest shit. And I watch but, all of them though. What the I, watch is going, John? I, feel, I feel like he has that Chuck Norris mystique where that whole you can't see him thing. And then Chuck Norris has all those little sayings about him. Oh, I can see him. It's just on the background of my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And I think you are right, though. Um, we're comparing our biggest guys to their, you know, guys who are making the bottom of the barrel money in the NFL. Right. We're not comparing it to Tom Brady, which is true. Right. Which is true. We don't have the Tom Brady level. If we got someone who made a fucking commercial in there in the background, we're like, oh shit, we got power through a commercial. Whereas those guys are fucking turning down those commercials. Right? Right. right. <laughs> this is true. And it is true though, Andy, because um, there is like, there are world champions in IPF or USPA champions and guys breaking world records in the untested who you click on their profile and they have like, nobody follow. And you're like, why is that? Unfollowing or the un, the drug test sucks, and no one cares about watching shitty benches. The, nobody cares about shitty benches. People do like to test it though. Yeah. But the, um, the juice the juice heads seem to have bigger benches. That's why they have bigger followings, and everyone benches. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the best example of that, and I, I I love Dennis, but Dennis is a multiple world champion, but his following. I mean, recently it's grown, but a year or two ago, like it was nothing. Yeah, that's what he doesn't try. He doesn't yeah. care about that. He doesn't yeah. care. It is you're right. It's yeah. priorities. Like he'll post. He can go a week, week and a half, and not give a fuck. And just right. be like here's a and you're waiting for something. Here's me doing fucking hill sprints. 
And people are like, that's not what we are looking for, man. Or he, he does deadlifts, and when he gets to the top of the deadlift, it's fucking chopped off at the waist. And yeah, it's like, oh, man. He it gives is, no fucks. It is some of the worst video I've ever worst. seen. It's like, who? But then, then he'll post a video of him barefoot dunking 855 with no sleeves on like a double. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? And so like, that's, that's why we follow him. Because yeah, we're like, ah, we will. Yeah. The hardcore will for sure. I'm like, I think it's his brother who spot. We had him on here. He's another guy who would be amazing on your show, too. He's really good. His brother does a lot of spotting. I'm like, man, can his brother please set up his camera for him and check out his angles and shit? Because, fuck, <laughs> man. I don't know. Anyways, we'll follow. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, um, you gotta, like, uh, some people actually get the good camera angles. If you're posting, like, for instance, like, a Steffi Cohn or Russell Orhe, who's, like, some of these dudes who are jacked up, they're taking pictures with their shirts off, and they're, like, selfies, but some of them look like, for, like, straight-up professional photographers and shit on this. Like, Steffi Cohn. Portrait mode. Steffi Cohn looks like she has a professional photographer following around like she's, like, it's paparazzi. Like, she's, those are for real pictures. I don't know who she knows, but, and every week post something right so if you work it professionally like that you're gonna have it but if you're amazing and you're just not posting do you guys so a question i was actually asking paul do you guys watch any of the ips stuff oh yeah i do yeah i mean not a whole lot i I stream it i stream it live and i listen to all your commentary buddy oh yeah (laughs) are you being serious or yeah no i'm serious okay well actually yeah because you're friends with like um, Kristen Dunsmore and all them, like the Marissa, Jack, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but um, I'm just a fucking juice out of the desert, bro. <laughs> I, I, I coach a lot of USAPL people, and like at the Arnold, I was helping out uh, Alice this past Arnold. So, oh yeah, okay. Alice McLean. Yeah, yeah, I don't Alice care McLean. what. Yeah, I don't care if you take drugs or not. I, you know, I, lifting's, I, I respect the weights you know is it so is it though we were just talking before we came in in the intro is it tough though if someone's lifting far less weight is it harder to get excited about it or because i here's here's what i equate it to okay if you're watching sports as long as there's a fuckload of people like in the top five battling out like the 63 kilo women with your girl uh kristen dunsmore sam calhoun's in there jen thompson is u.s nationals if it's tight and you're like, holy shit, I don't know who's going to win. This person's ahead. They come on. That's exciting. But watching yeah. watching a runaway, even if they're smashing huge weights, and you're like, respect the fuck out of the weights, if they don't have competition, it's like watching a basketball game. The other team doesn't show up. And some dude's just slamming Duncan, shooting threes, and he's by himself. It's like, that's Well, if they're, if they're in my weight category, yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah. So if it's like a straightaway or a super heavyweight, you know, like, like, obviously, Ray Williams, like, why else would you watch Ray Williams? If you, if you like, watch a competition, you'll never enjoy watching Ray Williams. That's the truth. You know? We said that exactly. We said, and it's it's fun to watch him smash big weights, but God damn, I would love to see him in a tussle back forth, and I don't know who's going to win. I, you're right. I wish he would come to Big Dogs and, you know what I mean, and come out there and, and put up with some of those guys. And, I mean, it, just, it would be awesome to see. Yeah. Because it's, it's a whole different game when you're playing strategy. And, like, now you're not just trying to – Swing for the fence, and even if you miss, you know you got first. Like, now you're yeah. like, wait, well, first we need a podium, and after podium, then we'll worry about, you know, second yeah. place and then first place uh, type of thing. So, you know, it just adds a different element. Um, I'm not saying he wouldn't be great at it. I have no idea. I just, uh, it would be cool to see. It's something yeah. unique you'd have to deal with. It's kind of like um, a boxer who's not used to getting hit. When you, like, right. you had it nothing but your own way, and then all of a sudden when it's like, 
holy shit, I'm, I'm a little behind. And if you chase, sometimes when you're a little behind, you try to chase to keep up, you're extending on your last bench. Well, now you missed yep. it. You should have stayed in the pocket. You're extending yep. on some of your lifts, and it's, it's a different ballgame. People don't realize the strategy can go on in powerlifting, like you said. Well, yeah, like, like I would never attempt an 887 deadlift like I did at the U.S. Open without, like, I was nowhere near prepped for that, like, not even mentally. But that's what I needed to win, and I already had second place. Yeah. So why the fuck would I go for, like, you know, the small, like, what I normally would have done was, like, an 865. I had a 24-plus 100-pound total and been stoked. But it was like, if I got that, or if I got, you know, or if I, or if I missed it, regardless, I was still in second place. I still won 11 grand. So I was like, fuck that, dude. Let's go for a dinger. Yeah. And it was 87 to win. And obviously, I pulled the shit out of it and just kind of <laughs> hang on to it. My friend, my friend, that's that fucking. Okay, so I had a, I had a teacher when I was in high school. And um, his claim to fame, I don't know if you guys know the CFL, Canadian football. It's nowhere close to NFL. But. Pro football. Anyways, so he played for the Montreal Alouettes. And he goes, every now and then he talks about it. It was just, he got called up. One fucking game. Quarterback throws it. He's in the fucking end zone. And it was hovering over him. And it just slipped through his fingers. And he's like, he's like 55 when he's telling the story. He's like, it still fucking bothers me. I still wake up. And if I think about it too long, it can still ruin my day. He's like, God yeah, damn it. It, it, But dropping that 30 grand will still piss me off to this day. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's it, right? But redemption and like you. Whenever I go and make a big purchase, you know, I'm like, man, covered this. <laughs> you walk in your house like, this bitch should be paid down by now. This, this Right, like my fucking landscaping needs to be done. I'm like, you know, that's, that's, right. that be that's another year I got to work. I should be retiring a year sooner now. Shit. Yep. But um, it is what it is. Redemption for you is one shot away. So what poll did you miss? You said it was 860 something? 887. 887. Jesus, what? Yeah, it was 402.5 uh, kilo. And have you pulled, have you attempted that since? Oh, no. Um, well, leading into that prep, the most I pulled was 843. And, um, and then I, I pulled that for a second attempt at the meet. And like I said, the goal was just 865 for my third which I would have been pissed because I would have pulled it so fast knowing there was more in me and maybe I could have had that 887, right? So we made the right call by going for it. But that was just the, that was just swinging for the fences, you know? Like we calculated out the Wilts, um, Chad handled all that and was like, all right, to beat Yuri you know, in, in the Wilts, you need to have a 617 Wilts and I needed an 817 or an 887 pull. So that's why we went for it. Um, had no idea it would move that fast which uh, obviously changed our whole perspective on what I'm capable of pulling. You know, it's it's funny how on your Instagram story, it initially you're like, yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm, you're very introspective. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's all good. It's all great. The better man won. Congratulations. And then you're driving over. Fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna repost that right before I go to Australia yeah. and like save it in the story bubble. Dude, it was nuts. It was wild. Well, here's the thing: you probably like that's what forty grand and that kind of competition can do. And like you said, that's the difference between if you're just throwing three throws by yourself, or it's fucking Michael Jordan the Bulls, and they're like, Michael, we need you to do some magic, and they throw you the ball, and then you're gonna right. see some magic, and everyone's on their seat. That's sports. That's what well, it's like you my need. total. My total was totally affected by it, right? Like, I had a twenty-three eighty-six total, which I sucked. You know, in, in my eyes, I went fucking five for nine. Like, 
I easily could have had a 24-20 to a 24-30 total had I done something that we were ready for and I was capable of. Obviously, the squats didn't go my way that day, but they didn't go their way for anybody. And um, this is true. So, uh, yeah, you know, so I ended up with a 975 squat, which the plan was 1,003, so that fucked everything up. So either way, I could have had a much bigger total. So now whenever I look at, like, Marcos and the guys in Australia posting the board, like, I'm, like, the last total on there. I'm like, fuck that. I should be, like, five slots higher, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, like, but why would, like, you know, like, that's what we're talking about in terms of Ray. Like, maybe he wouldn't have these big totals because he'd be swinging for the fences a little more. Yeah. Maybe you know, having some five or nine days as, you know, as opposed and, uh, to just playing it. People, people who say the stronger guy always wins in powerlifting, it's not necessarily that easy. No, it's not. And you've done you've done some handling in your day, and then you've probably seen it firsthand as well. Yeah, well, I mean, there. Sorry, Brandon. No, no, I think I think I mean obviously it depends on each lifter. Um, I mean, if you're just overall stronger and you're you're you hit your numbers, you're supposed to win, but. Uh, at a meet, everything can happen, so that's why you got to show up. You can't just beat. that's why like, you can't just still rely on your gym lifts. Yeah. And and a lot of times, what's, what's what's crazy too is like because of the pressure and the money, a lot of people overreach in training. They'll overreach in their weight cut. All these factors affect game day and their attempt selection. So I, the people who adjust in in the meet, attempt to attempt. And stay healthy are usually the ones who, who stay on top, on top of all, being strong. Yeah, like, what do you guys, man, the one thing with the U.S. Open, so many people were, like, missing weight, bombing out, showing up fucked up. I Like, is it just the money or what, and the pressure? Or what is it? Well, you, you guys were there. What was the tension like? Like, what is going on with the U.S. Open? Because, honestly, it was like anything could happen at that point. Just hang tight, stay in the pocket. God knows. Everyone, you could be the only guy in your division, right? <laughs> so true. No, I, I wasn't surprised because uh, it happened, like, the previous years, too. So, I think, like I said, people just overreach. They might train a little bit too hard or a little too long before deload, push their numbers too much or cut too much weight for that Wilkes. Um, it's just one of those things where it don't don't mess with what's been working like in your previous meets. Just because this is so much bigger doesn't mean mm-hmm. you should just, you know, increase everything and, and you know, uh, go overreach, like I said. So If it was that um, easy, right? If yeah, like it's that easy, easy. then everyone else is going to do it. But, exactly. Uh, but, you know, we saw at the Open with, with the squats and, and the missed attempts, I think... A lot of people who don't know what to expect, um, especially with that stage, walking out on that stage is very shaky. Um, so a lot of people have problems with their walkouts. And then, you know, if you haven't competed in the USPA and, and you're not used to that level of judging and the depth, you know, a lot of people were fucked up by that. Yeah. And um, what was the, like, did you guys, either of you guys have to handle anybody at the US Open? Oh, no, no. I when I'm competing, there's not going to anybody. No. See, like, how nerve-wracking would it be to handle somebody at 40K on the line making these decisions? Like, do you do you guys pay your oh, handlers? <laughs> like, if, if you win money, do you, do you slide them some money if you win, like, any of the prizes? Well, I mean, I bought Chad, like, a housewarming gift. He just bought a house right after, and I had some extra loot, so. But, um, I mean, again, no, like, I'm not required, or I don't feel obligated to give him yeah. any money, no. What if it was 40K? No. <laughs> no. I, I don't you. feel. I, I just don't feel obligated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, 
Well, there's no prior agreement to it either. Right. That's true. Yeah, true. It's just yeah. I would be so nerve-wracked to make that call with 40K on the line. It'd be fucking nerve-wracking because you're like, someone, you, you wonder, like, is this guy mad at me? Is he like, this is your fucking fault? You know what Well, dude, Chad, Chad didn't want me to go for the eight. No, he did. Let's, let's clear that up. Really? We're on the stage arguing. Like, for, he didn't even want me to go for the 975 squat. So, when I, I hit my opener 925, and they called me on death. And it was, in my opinion, and a lot of others, it was a bullshit call. I thought I was down there. But, again, it is what it is. Move on. So I just tell him 975 for my second attempt. Oh, like, well, you know what? Okay, so this is your second attempt. I can kind of see because a lot of people would say you don't go up. Right. Some people, I, I some people I that's a rule. You know, I don't play by the rules. Nah, I, so, I don't uh, say so. <laughs> not with 40 candle line. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I had a plan in mind, and you weren't going to take my mind off of it. And 975, I knew I could do, and... In my eyes, I thought I could do it in my, in my fucking sleep. But so on my second attempt, the 975, I went way lower than I thought it than <laughs> I normally would, and I just got buried under it. I couldn't come up, and so then, um, you know, I couldn't come up with it. And you know, they spotters did a great job of catching me quick, so I didn't waste too much energy fighting it. And then uh, I was like, all right, thousand three. That was in my head, you know. And Chad's like, just remember, if you miss, like you're going home, like. You're not even on the board yet. So they, all right, 975, you're right. Totally you're, right 975. you're bumping this up like you're smoking so, these. <laughs> right, right, right. Just got buried That's so that, arrogant. So. You have to be, though, you know what I mean? You got to be arrogant. Yeah. So, obviously, I, so then I did 975, and it was, you know, the, the right call. It, it moved well and everything, and I had tons of energy for the deadlift, right? Which, you know, which we didn't really uh, plan on having to swing that hard. Bench, um... I got a you know a shitty call. They called me working on downward motion on my 579, which I've watched that video a hundred fucking times. There was no downward motion, but it is what it is. You know, yeah. in real time it may have looked different. You know, so we move on. And then uh, to the deadlift, <laughs> but I, I smoked the uh, 843, which I had done in training. You know, so I wasn't worried about that at all. And then once we calculate out the numbers, Chad was like, "Oh, it's 887 that you need." Like, that's, <laughs> let's just let's just go late 60. Solidify a 2,400 pound total. We'll call it a day. And then I was like, "Fuck that!" You know, <laughs> I was like, "I'm fucking." I was like, "Chad, I already won fucking 10 grand or 11 grand." You know, it is what it is. Let's let's go for it. And um, he had talked about it on his podcast, and his thought, he was like almost embarrassed. He was like, "I bet it's going to come up to his knees and just drop." You know, like <laughs> you know, just give it an attempt. No one expected it to move. I, I'm even myself. I'll be honest. I, I had no idea it was going to move that that well. You know, and yeah. it flew right up. And that's so. Uh, that's I, just, I had to make that choice though, because obviously it's it's my money, it's my decision, it's my total. And Chad was like, "I think you should do this," and I was like, "I appreciate your thoughts, but I'm gonna do this." <laughs> you're like an athlete. That's right. How about you? How about yourself, Andy? Are you the same way when that kind of money's on the line? You like to like kind of take the wheel. Uh, I don't. I've never been in the Brandon situation. I, I feel like if I was in his same situation, it would it would I wouldn't lose anything by going for it. Right. So I would have done the same thing. But going back to your original question, like I get so nervous coaching people, uh, even if they're not my friends, they're just for regular clients. But like I had to coach uh, my girlfriend at the Anaheim, and you know, you know, Aisha, yeah, Haley, yeah. yeah. So her whole goal, this whole meet, was to get that 500 pound pole. So I'm like stressing my ass off because her second attempt wasn't like great. 
but I also know she's a gamer, and when it, like when it times to pull, she'll like pass out. So when she did it, I was just I was just just dying like every emotion. And but that, later that night, man, the the emotional energy dump, I was just like so green. Is it and, is it tougher than competing yourself? You think more stressful for you? I, I think so. Because especially the way like with her, I she she doesn't have to worry about anything. I just tell her just just sit here, do this, do that. So like all that thinking is awful. Yeah. <laughs> you saw. <laughs> My wife just flashed it one of the Freeze it. <laughs> so yeah, it's tougher doing the handling. I gotta sometimes it is like it depends on the situation, but I think handling Recording. though. Because it's not in your, it's, you, you don't have control, right? It's out of your control yeah. and you want so much that it makes it really tough. Especially as yeah. I've, I've had to do it also handling with my girlfriend as well. It just, it's a whole nother fucking level, isn't it? Yeah. Because like, <laughs> it, it doesn't end there. Like you go home and like they're pissed at you or some shit. Like, if, if something goes wrong, like, you got to make tough decisions. Like do you, have you ever been in a situation where you had an athlete bomb? Uh... Yes, actually, on squats. Have either of you guys bombed? Once. No, I've, I've only, like, I tore my quad on the opening squat at U.S. Open last year, but that's it. I've never bombed. Okay. You didn't finish that meet. You had to pull out, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, if you... Yeah, I, bombed, I bombed once, and then I had to pull out because of medical reasons before as well. During Not the meet? because I was, like, injured. I was just... Might have died. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys yeah. remember the 20, 2016 Nationals, USGA Nationals. I uh, I warmed up my squats way too fast and was still out of breath huffing after my last warm up. And then, you know, I got my name called and I, instead of doing, you know, in hindsight, pass and take your second attempt, you know, but I rushed up there still huffing and my opener was 865 in sleeves. Oh, shit. At the time, at the time, I was on track to break the all-time world record total for super heavyweight. It was uh, right before Ray Williams and Krill had hit it. And um, so, you know, I was adamant that I was going to break that record that day. And I went for that opening squat, and I, it, I did about a six or seven-second pause squat before oh. they actually grabbed me. Yeah, there's a video out there. Yeah, in the, the last interview I did with Chad Wilson Smith on Juggernaut, they showed the clip, and uh, it's fucking brutal, man. Can you send and it to watch us? it? Yeah, I'll look for it. I'll send it to you. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, to relive it. it, to relive it was, I mean, I literally, everything in my body was going to explode. And then when I finally get the weight moving, then they grabbed me, right? And then I completely whited out, um, couldn't see anything. I'm standing, I'm standing there holding on to the bar so I don't fall over, and I cannot see a thing. And then I just remember walking off the platform, and then blood started pouring out of my mouth. Jesus and I looked at Jesus. And I looked at Chad, and Chad's like, yeah, yeah, you're you're done. <laughs> he's, he's like, um, go to your hotel room. He's like, go into your room and relax, dude. He's like, you're he's, done competing today. And make sure your wife is, doesn't let you sleep through the night. You might have a concussion somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, man. I was it was a tough one to swallow. I had family out, you know, it was here in Vegas, my home crowd, and uh it was brutal. I did I was unhappy to say the least, you know, and yeah. that was when I um that was when I decided to lose all the weight and get healthy and I went from, you know, 365, 370, and I dropped all the way down to 282 pounds and, uh, in a pretty short time. So it was a dramatic, obviously, event for you then if you're going to cut that much weight. 
I, I gave up. I didn't even care to, to um, compete in powerlifting anymore. Fuck. I was so concerned for my health that yeah. I I never been like I literally I thought I was gonna fucking die. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, the the way, the way I felt, I was like something's gonna stop working. So uh, after that, that's all. I was like, all right, gotta get healthy, and I started doing all my fit shit. shit. And then remember that when people started tagging that along, that was pretty fun. And then um yeah. And then uh, I got healthy again, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna compete at the real weight." And then, you know, as soon as I started getting strong, I put up more weight. And here I am, 300 fucking 50 pounds, get ready to fly to Australia. <laughs> you know, it was what a year and a half later. So, do you feel a lot better though this time around? I'm way leaner this time around. Way healthier. On a third of the drugs. Um, do you think that's so, like a, a piece is one of the drawbacks like an increased uh, heart pressure or anything like that like a ton of drawbacks yeah you know and, and depending on what you're doing like I, I used to like I used to do trend and you know real strong one and you know anadrol with it which is an oral and uh just both the, the toxicity levels on those are terrible and um I, you know I had blood work done right after that meet and I was surprisingly pretty pretty good like it wasn't terrible I thought it was going to be worse, but the way I felt, I knew something was wrong. It's amazing on how resilient our bodies are, but uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I made the decision to go completely cold turkey for you know a long time. And, uh, and once I, and I got blood work done again, and once I started balancing my levels out, then I felt comfortable starting like a TRT dose and getting back into weightlifting. And you know, obviously, like this is what I do. You know, like the weightlifting didn't stop. I still worked out that whole time, and I still was involved in powerlifting, coaching, and training, and. You know, as I started getting healthy, then I started getting involved in wanting to compete again. So I was preparing for nationals for one year, and I ended up tearing my shoulder, and then uh, that healed. And then I was preparing for record breakers, which I was going to do with Andy, and then I tore my shoulder in two spots prepping for that. And I just felt so weak in that 300-pound range. I don't, I can't explain it, but at 300 pounds, my body just was fragile. <laughs> at, at three, at 320, I feel like a brick house. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny, yeah. Anyone listening be like, I was three, 300 pounds, fragile, man. People had to help me to my car. <laughs> help me with my groceries. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's a weird feeling, man. But the difference between 310 pounds and 330 pounds is amazing when in terms of strength. Well, in terms of everything else, too, like, I, you know, my sex life goes down because I can only be on top for, like, 14 and a half pumps before uh, <laughs> that, that sounds like a pass out. That was too I was accurate. Say, that was way too accurate. Way too accurate. <laughs> well, I just gave you an average. So. <laughs> you crushed the numbers. You no, yeah, like, there's been a couple 23s, but there's okay, been a lot of 4s okay. as well. There's been a couple of 23s. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Well, so yeah, I mean, it is true though. I mean, even I think for everybody, there is a threshold of when you're trying to get leaner or any kind of cuts. And as soon as you get a dip below that, you feel the difference. Even if like three, four, five, ten pounds, it's still, you feel the difference. You're like, I'm too low. I'm too light. I mean, even for myself, I'm a much smaller guy, but the difference between 190 and a buck 85, you start feeling like, okay, it's getting a little too small now. Which that's actually difference. a certain percentage in terms of my drop. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I can understand how you feel that. Yeah, I mean, there, I think everybody has it. And everyone kind of toes that line here and there, experimenting how close can you get. Or, or bulking, too. There's, the flip side would be um, there's diminishing gains in terms of getting bigger. Where it's like, I yeah. can get bigger and I can get 10 pounds bigger and my squat goes up five. And it's like, this isn't going to fucking really trade off as well. Yeah, well, for part of the reason I don't, I don't go much above two eighty five because 
At 290, 295, I'm just so miserable. The back pump sucks. I'm not that much stronger. And just overall, my quality of life, it, it isn't worth it for the for however many pounds I might get out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, for me, at 345 is where I'm kind of peaked right now. Like, I can't get – like, if I go too much heavier, I won't be able to get a good deadlift form. So my deadlift is going to go down. Yeah, my squat yeah, my yeah. bench might go up a couple pounds, but my leverages on deadlift will change, mm-hmm. which means my deadlift will diminish. So is it worth it? No, you know, and then I'll even be more miserable. So, and to be honest, I think three forty-five. I think I'm a little pushing. I think I should have. If I can redo it all again, I would probably do it to where I ended at three thirty-five and then competed at three forty on game day, as opposed to being three forty-five and competing at three fifty. Which I mean, maybe even a little more. I don't know. We'll see. Have you guys been? Are you guys going to watch the U.S. Raw Nationals? I am. USAPL. I have like three. I have three competitors competing. What, what are you guys like in terms of the hype leading around this? What are some of the divisions you guys are looking forward to watching? Some of the battles. Uh, I want to see. You know, I, I I don't know. I don't. I'm not familiar with like all the weight classes because it's so much different. But uh, you know, Russell's weight class. Um, I obviously. Uh, well, Kristen's moving up a weight class, so whatever her 72s. old one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with the one with Sam Calhoun and stuff. And then I, you know, I'm a big fan of Marissa, so I just like watching Marissa. Um, yeah. So I'm more of a, I'm more of like an individual lifter. I'm a big fan of. I don't, I'm not, I don't know all the all overall like all the top of each weight class, so I don't know how close the battles will be. Yeah, oh, I watch all the big performances when they get posted on Instagram. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just being real, you know. Yeah, you know, no, who exactly. all the guys are, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not my world, you know. This is true. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, and it is like um, part of the thing. Like it's one of those things where you could appreciate on Instagram, but there's there's a fucking meet like every month, you know. And there's like there's right. always something going on. It's like baseball. I'll watch the highlights. I don't need to watch yeah. the whole fucking thing. Do you guys watch other sports? I want to ask you that. What other sports are you guys into? Football. Football, basketball. Who's your, who, who's, yeah. your guys, who's your guys' teams for football? Uh, I grew up in San Diego, so I like the Chargers. I've, all, I've been a Charger fan, born and raised. And that's that, eh? And how are the Chargers that's doing? That. Chargers fucking suck. <laughs> and, uh, I inherited an even worse team, the Cleveland Browns. My wife is from Ohio. Oh, <laughs> But it comes good for basketball season because of LeBron James. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> then you get the trade out. Do you guys... Basketball, want... basketball, I only watch playoffs. Anyways. I've never really been into it. Yeah, I'm not huge into basketball either. Do you guys watch um, the UFC at all? you guys hype for the McGregor Conor oh, McGregor yeah. fight with Khabib? Yeah, absolutely watch the UFC. And what do you guys think? And who do you guys think is going to win on the Super Fight October 6th? Hard to go like, against McGregor. I like Conor. Really? Yeah. See, I'm a huge Conor McGregor guy. I think what he's doing is like, you know, he's obviously the biggest name, one of the biggest names in sports, and like within four years, super carved out a niche for himself, but there are people who absolutely hate his guts. Like Randy Cook, who often does a, a co-host thing, hates the dude from, for the way he runs his mouth. Like wants to see him get humbled. Well, it's part of his act, you know, it's part of who he is and why we all love him or hate him, you know, yeah. like, you, you can hate me and he's... He's laughing all the way to the fucking bank, you know what I mean? Like, because uh, there's a lot of other fighters that are at his caliber or, you know, or guys that have been close to that caliber. They didn't get the attention or the paychecks that he's got. Why yeah. is that? Yeah. Because he runs his fucking mouth. Yeah. That's the core cool hard facts of it is, like, the worst thing to be is irrelevant. Love, hate, right. 
it's all attention and they're all super. It's actually in perspective. The same people who hate you last week will love you this week when you have a big performance. You had a good interview on fucking whatever show he's on. And then it was... That'll increase the viewership. Yeah, that's right. But, um, but in terms of just don't be irrelevant is the thing. Like you said, a lot of guys were as good, but just nobody gave a shit. And then he yeah. makes... He knows how to, like, his, man, his press conferences, I'm watching. I don't give a shit about press conference, man. I'm watching them. You know, the hot yeah, and, and his fucking club that he posts online, you know what I mean? I watch for that. Dude, he's got, he's all about posting his piece. Low-key bragging about his piece, too. He's, he's got my attention. <laughs> and my respect. And we go back to the gay bar. That's right. <laughs> and we and Brendan knows how to put, bring a podcast full circle where yep. we started. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think in terms of Connor, I mean, uh, I think he's a marketing genius, and uh, the type of charisma he's got, like few people are going to have. He can. He's the type of guy who can raise the stakes, um, the attention, and and the drama around a fight. But then, like, when you see him with against Jose Aldo, it never overcomes him. He's not overcome by the moment itself. Jose Aldo, greatest featherweight of all time, undefeated for 10 years, champion for four, and when the fucking pressure was on, darts across the ring like an amateur almost. Like, I'm talking about Jose Aldo, so I'm, well, maybe we won't go that far, but totally throws technique at the window, and it's like, dude, like, what, relax, man. This is a championship. This isn't a bar fight. You know, Connor like, sidesteps and hits him, and it works. Connor was calm. Connor was like, "You can rush. I'm watching it come, right?" So it works for him. It's more. Yeah, he can sell. He can sell T-shirts, and that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? Yeah, he sells his pay-per-views. Do you think, in terms of um, powerlifting, is there room for even that in powerlifting? Like the trash talk. I don't see. Well, well, look at the email earlier. You heard right. from his feelings. There's, there's, no, there's no room for it. Yeah. That's what ruins, I mean, I don't want to say ruins it, but like, okay, so we just interviewed Daniel Bell um, on the broadcast, and me and Daniel have been rivals for years, and it's great because we can talk shit to one another, and neither one of us is going to fucking cry about it. We just give it back to one another, and then we're boys after we talk, we laugh about it, we shoot each other text, and you know what I mean? It's fun. There's so many people in the sport who I would love to bust their balls, but they're like, Oh man, that's that's racist. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like you just you can't even you can't do anything without it offending like a, a whole group of people, and then they all fucking hate you for it. And and, and like it makes us, it makes me like walk on eggshells on who I can fuck with and who I can't fuck with because certain people just can't fucking take it. And uh, and again, you you see the consequences. You might it's there's the probability of getting kicked out of the federation. What do you think, Andy? Uh, I think without a unifying body, we're just too divided, and the entertainment value is not there. It's so boring to watch a powerlifting meet. It relative you know? to like an MMA fight for sure. Yeah. Well, even just strongman. So like, you only know about like five of the strongman, and there's probably I don't know twenty five to compete. But they, they at least give you like stories and background about them, so you can get to know them and like like them. Um, and, and I guess also the money's not there. We just don't have like the sponsors like Rogue and, and Metrics like they used to. Well, in Strongman, they can, you'll hit, you'll run with the fucking pulling a truck and then look at the camera and say, yeah, motherfucker, blah, 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 blah. And get all fired up and get the crowd all jazzed up. 
yeah. and powerlifting, if you say fuck on the platform, they like warn you they're going to kick you out. Yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, I drove way too far to be kicked out this week because of that. Like, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there, yeah. do we have anybody, do you think, that has a Conor McGregor charisma to them? Like, you know that guy who just, or girl, like, it's something special that's not, you know, before Connor, you would say, well, like, there's, I don't know, Tito Ortiz, or there's, and then Connor comes and reminds you, no, you never had anyone like that. You thought you did because you didn't have them yet. Do we even have someone with that kind of charisma that could take it to that level? Or, because if you don't have it, it's, it, it fucking doesn't work. You know what I mean? Well, the person that, like, has the rights to, I would say would be, like, someone like Larry Wheels. Like, he, he can be a little arrogant in his videos, and it's all, I love it. I love watching it, and I wish he would talk a little more shit, like, you know what I mean? Um, just because he can back it up. And uh, you know, he's going to other sports and competing, you know, doing stuff with other guys, and it, it's cool to watch. And maybe if it wasn't so, like, oh, we're bros, like, uh, we fucking let's blow each other after. And it was more like, no, nah, fuck you, dude. Like, I'm a powerlifter. I'm going to fucking smash you today. Yeah. Like, that would be dope to see, you know what I mean? And, and I think Larry's got that fucking deep-ass, intimidating voice and a big old black dick to go with it. Like, he would be <laughs> That's important. That's he important. Would be good for it. Okay? That's very important if you got that piece on you. Right? Right. When we're at the U.S. Open, me, Andy, and Larry were, trying, were taking pictures, and his, I, his dick was like half hard through the singlet, and I wanted to hold it <laughs> for the picture. And he was like, hey, come on, dog, stop playing. I was like, yeah, stop playing. Like, play. You were like, hold you, that shit, bro. You were like, who's playing, bro? I'm not fucking right, playing. I was going play to play I was gonna drop my knee and put it on my hand and rest, hold it like a trophy. Top on his Sing shoulder. a song to it, you know? <laughs> no shit. Shoulder you know, like it's being knighted. The thing with Larry, man, the guy's a fucking beast, and he's built like he just walked out of a comic book. And he's and he's smashing records like he's like head and shoulders from what we had previously seen. Like he looks the part, uh, he puts up the part. The thing is though, if it's not, and this is the thing with a lot of sports, if it isn't your personality and you force it, it doesn't come off the same, right? Right. Like if it's just not him, it's okay. It's like okay. I talk a lot of shit. I'm just not as good as Larry. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We got to make you guys, you know, somehow. I gotta get better, you know. But uh, I don't know. I just like eating too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, in the women's division, um, Steffi Cohen's got some steam, but then I think Steffi. She's got crossover appeal. Um, you know, like like she's she's approachable and whatnot. It's not nowhere like Connor in terms of trash talking, but that's probably no. good. Again, that's good if that's not your thing, right? The worst yeah. is when people try to force it. And then it's okay to have like a Muhammad Ali style where he would talk shit with a smile on his face, busting your chops, like Brandon busting people's chops, where you're kind of like, we're having fun, relax. You know, I'm gonna bust your chops a little, but relax. You know what I mean? Right. Ali would do that all the fucking time. He'd bust your mm-hmm. chops, give you a wink, and be like, you know I you, got you. You know I got you. You guys remember, you guys remember 2015, I, I competed against David Douglas at the LA Fit Expo. And uh, I made a, like a, a video, I, I took the scene from Pulp Fiction, where the guy was raping the black guy in the dungeon, and I photoshopped my face on, the guy raped me, the black guy, and I put David Douglas' face on the black guy, and uh, it was it just, you know, I mean, it was just me raping him. And I was like, this is going to happen. I love that. And I just posted it, and like, me and David didn't talk before. I didn't know how he was going to react. And uh, I was just like, whatever, like, we'll just, we'll figure it out, you know? We'll figure it out. He thought it was fucking hilarious, and then we ended up going back and forth. Like, that was a lot of fun, man. And, 
I think a lot of people turned into that meat just because they wanted to see me either, you know, like, you know, not get my dick hard on meat day or rape David Douglas, you know, and <laughs> either way, they were going to get a show. And I, I think it was attitude. a lot of fun, and I, I wish we could do more of that. I love the attitude where you're like, ah, fine, we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but something like, your wife's like, Brandon, was that a good idea? We're going to see him now. now I will see everyone's reaction. I'll let you know, we'll let you know in a few days. That's I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, like, like with uh, Brett Gibbs and John Hack, uh, whatever, two years ago. Yeah. As, as hyped as, as that was, had they actually talked shit to each other, even the littlest, they would have been even bigger. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's not even talking shit, just like being confident and, and saying that you're going to win. You know, it's a lot different than like actual just like trash talking. So there was a little. Well, I would like to trash talk for big dogs, but like I'm, I'm scared. Be <laughs> careful now. If you know, from those, Eastern Bloc, I don't want to go up. I don't want to fly all the way across the world to get my ass kicked and get embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody's, I don't fucking podium at least. Like, Jesus Christ! And if somebody's coming from like Russia or the Eastern Bloc, like Dagestan or some shit, you gotta be careful now. You never fucking know, Andre. Yeah. He's got a big fucking dick, <laughs> and uh, I think it might catch you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it's got your attention. But um, it's got my attention. It's, it's got. <laughs> in terms of uh, hack Gibbs, what helped there? When Hack started getting hype, Gibbs at times would post and he'd be like, I'm loving how close people think this is gonna be. I'm loving yeah. how fucking close. Because it's not Let's as Gibbs did more than Hack did, for sure. He, like Hack was more, it's not his style so much. But Gibbs was yeah. very confident and it helped. I, I know what you mean where if maybe more direct. A little bit more. It was yeah. never direct. It's always so no one ever, they never mention each other's names, um, no. etc., right? But, uh, and, get, and Hack would never say anything to Brett. So Brett, if that's the case, Brett's got to stop short of bullying. So yeah, otherwise it's just, just it, you know what I mean? So I know what you mean where it could have went a little even further still. When we yeah. did that though, I remember I was running the Instagram for IPF and I was posting them side by side. I did split screens with them. And then when I did the commentary, I was like, I want to do the lead in. And I was like, this is our Ali Frazier. This is our Jordan Bird. This is, I was like hyping the shit out of this one. And it was a good, thank God it lived up. If it, if it, yeah. if one dude was just winning and then, then he won, that would have sucked. But yeah. uh, Brett pulled for the win, had it up to almost like Brett, or sorry, almost like Brandon, not quite that close, but almost pulled off the big win and it's right to the end. It's been a good one. What do you think was the best rivalry we've had in our, in our sport so far? Best rivalry, Toe to toe, like like not just over the course of a of a of a career. I mean, they went toe to toe, face to face in an event, and there was hype leading in, and it lived up. For me, it's Hack Gibbs. I think it's still Hack Gibbs. I haven't felt that. I was like, holy fuck. But you guys might have something that you've seen. I know you guys are more in the untested feds. Maybe there's something I'm not seeing that that lived up like that. Well, I mean, I obviously big dogs. I've always been a big fan of watching them. The first year they had it, when um, I was invited, but I didn't go. But Chad, my coach Chad went. I, I was really rooting for him, obviously. But Andre and then Sean Doyle—that's when Sean Doyle kind of came out of nowhere. And I don't know. I guess I guess that one wasn't a good example because it didn't go great. And uh, Andre ended up winning with like a fucking four for nine day. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So it just kind of went terrible for everyone. But you know, I don't know. I guess um, Andy probably has maybe a better example. What do you think, Andy? No, I, I actually think there's more closer rivalries on the IPS side just because there's just way more competition at the top, you know, 
top to bottom. And uh, uh, I think the attempt selection on the IPS side is a lot more, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say conservative, just a lot smarter. Uh, well, they have, like, funded national teams that are, like, like national well, can, team coaches. Can I argue this, that the, maybe there aren't as many great battles in the untested because we have so many fucking federations. Yeah. And, like, if you're untested, you're going to do USAPL, especially if you're competitive. Yeah. Like, yeah. for us, if you're a competitive guy, you Fine. can do – like you can just pick and choose, do everyone whoever's going to pay you the most to show up, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, and and, and you know, the, the the fact is, it's it's not enough money to make a living off of, but it, it's enough to get your attention if someone's going to give you some money to come to the federation. Yeah. You know, and uh, as opposed to doing another one, so probably that's why. Like, obviously, we wish USPA would be the only non-test, the only non-tested meet that all the big dogs did. But then the problem is, is that. You got great powerlifters like Eric Lillybridge, Daniel Bell, you know, guys like that that won't do a meet without a monolift. So mm. then it's like, okay, well, so what What are, are guys like me and Andy supposed to say, all right, well, we're going to do a monolift meets then just so that we all can get together, which is in reality kind of what's happening with big dogs. Big dogs is making, bringing more guys in. Like Andre, he'll always walk his squats out. Myself, I'll always walk my squats out. All those other guys don't use the mono. It's whatever it's in the rule books, so rightfully so. It doesn't mean I'm gonna respect them, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you suck one dick, you're gay. Like, if you do a monolith, like, you're no, no. <laughs> if you suck head. one dick, it's college. That's it, man. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, you know, I mean, no, that's so why you have to do a second dick, one to make sure you don't like it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's true, that's true. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is true with the with the tested. You got the IPF, and it's such a strong like everybody's on the IPF. If you're lifting yeah. tested, you're not in the IPF. I know you guys are big USPA guys, but I'm always like like certain people are good. I'm like, why not go to the IPF and and like scrap it out all in one? And even if you don't like everything about the IPF, at least like we're all there so that you have like for real sports competition, which is a beautiful thing with sports. If you can't get everyone, it's like when I was saying the analogy of the baseball game, football game, you need two stacked teams. If you don't got that, fuck, man, the sport isn't going to be fun to watch. You know? Yeah. You just watch it. Sure. I'll do IPF. It just ain't going to fly over. No, that's, no, that's true. That would take a fly. <laughs> you, may, you may get selected for random testing. You might, sir. You might, sir. This is random. Right. Yeah, I like fuck the steroids. I'm not even gonna fail because of, like pot and like my my normal daily habits. That's weekend, right. You know, like <laughs> how do you? Is there a way that you can you foresee a way that the untested can amalgamate under one? Like is U.S. Open probably as close as we got? Yes, it's money. It's all fucking money. Yeah. Like if if USPA like which they're doing and which is happening, like if there was more money invested in these meets, then more people will come and do it. Like, uh, especially if you make it, you know, in areas that's available to more people. Like, Australia sucks because it's costing me 10 grand to go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and um, so that's hard to do. But if you want all the U.S. lifters, nowhere in the U.S. costs that much to fly and travel to. So yeah. we keep it somewhere in, you know, like, obviously keep it on the West Coast because who the fuck wants to go to the East Coast? But, um, you know, do it somewhere <laughs> desirable, yeah, like yeah. Vegas, and put some fucking lick on the line. Everyone will show up. Yeah, that's fair. Like, uh, this this year is the first year that USBA Nationals isn't going to be at, in Las Vegas, which I think is a tragedy because that meet has been building up year after year and getting more and more prestige 
for the USDA and for you know West it's just you know United States lifters that are non drug tested. They're moving it to Columbus, Ohio, and it's not even during Arnold Week. So who who the fuck wants to go to Columbus, Ohio? Why it's the fuck true. would you go there? It was like, unless you had to like stop and take a shit before you got on another plane, who the fuck wants to go there? Like, you'd rather go to Las Vegas hey. in the middle of the summer where the fucking pool parties are cracking and there's, and then let's say you can win twenty grand. Then you, you, then you got a reason to hang out in Vegas and go fucking do some blow and get some strippers and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I it'd be even, a lot, lot more fun. I wouldn't even stop to take a shit in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. It right. was there. It'd have yeah. to be a squirter. Yeah, it'd have to be a So, is is the um? Because I was I was like. Is it as meaningful for you guys to go to US, USAPA Nationals and IPL Worlds, or are you just guys just now at this point, like the Federation, you, you guys were kind of saying earlier, Federation doesn't really matter. Do world titles matter, or is it all the big events like Big Dogs and, um, and US Open? Because I, I was estimating myself as a fan, because I'm IPF, but so if it's untested, I'm just watching as a fan. I don't really get up for the IPL Worlds. I get up for big dogs. I'll get up for U.S. Open. Like, how about your guys' selves as competitors? Yeah, our, our nationals and our worlds still suck. They're not. They don't have that prestige yet. You know, like I, like I was saying, it, U.S. Free nationals was on its way there. It's been growing and growing, and then they moved location, which I think is a terrible thing. If you want more people to compete, you need to put fucking lick on the line. That's like I said. Like the, uh, I think Daniel Bale, Eric Lollybridge, those kind of guys. I think they will walk it out if there's, you know, someone. Well, I guess the U.S. Open proves that they won't. But, uh, <laughs> but I think like there's uh, there's other guys that would. You know, I'm, I only know super heavyweights and three oh eighters and shit. So I'm, you know, there's other guys in other weight classes that for sure do the other federations, but would do the USGA Nationals if there were money online, and then they'd have a reason to prep for it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and a reason to travel for it. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I just I think. Uh, I mean, I. Honestly, even if I was in the IPF, um, I just personally, I don't think world titles mean as much to me, especially in the untested side. Um, I care about world records and being the best and money. You know, um, at the end of the day, I want to go back, go down the record books for my numbers, not just one title. Um, so I think that's how a lot of us feel. Uh, being... USPA, IPL, world champ, whatever, that, that doesn't hold this weight. It's not the same. Because the, the IPL world champion right now, whatever weight class you want to call, is probably nowhere near everybody at the US Open. No. Not it, even it, numbers talk. That's it. I don't care about your title. It's your number. Yeah. It's your total and your wills. Yeah. For, right. for sure, in the, in, especially in the untested. In the, in the Tesla and the IPF, usually it coincides the top guy is going to be the world champ. But yes. It's just not the case yeah. in the untested, yeah. and I, I 100% agree. And, and it is. Are the meat selections a lot bigger for us, and like our, uh, our number selection? Like, I think that US or the non tested guys go for bigger jumps. You know what I mean? And we're anticipating the peak better than other guys because we have drugs involved, you know, which help with the peaking process. So maybe that's why, you know what I mean? But It'll also, well, for sure, when there's 40K on the line, it just, in terms of viewing for like drama, like and, and, and handling it like you're gonna see huge jumps. Hell many right. passes at the end. Whereas 
if there's no money on the line, no lick on the line, like you would say, then fuck it. You play safe. What does it matter? Right, you, know, you, you get a PR. You get a personal PR. Well, exactly. Right. You look, and who the fuck? You're still just a fucking power lifter, which means you're no one to waste your fucking time lifting weights in a fucking gym like a fucking retard. I mean, you could be out there working and making some real goddamn money. That's a good You know what I mean? I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Say, that should be a t-shirt, right? There. That's a meme, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're power lifters. We still are degenerate underground fucking lifters. Like, we're weightlifters. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? It is <laughs> you can't even go to the Olympics. <laughs> it is true. It is true that we can never get too ahead of ourselves here. Because then it's... Uh, well, I, I, am, I am, like... If I get super baked, I'm sure I can pass a test to where I can enter the Special Olympics and test the fucking records. <laughs> That's a movie called The Ringer. I've seen it. And then there, but hey, there is that motherfucker that bitch is like six fifty or plus. Watch like, that dude. Hey, yeah, dude, he's from Iran. You right, 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 right. And what's your what's your excuse then? You're like, uh I've posted him before. No use of his legs. Can't even stabilize, let alone leg drive. This fucking guy's hitting in the six hundred. Like, I mean, three hundred kilos, six sixty one and shit. Right, it's huge, bench. In Iran, they have a fucking statue on the size of my house, man. He's like a god. He has no use of his legs. If you is it half the statue or the full statue? (laughs) Oh shit! Yo, god damn! <laughs> it had to be sick. I'm a bottle of fucking Merlot deep. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good point. The water just be like a bust. Our downloads in Iran aren't high, so we'll be okay. <laughs> we're okay. I think we're okay. I don't think I'm popular over there anyway. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But, but yeah, it is, it is crazy, man, what that guy do. I got to look his ass up because he went to the – he was smashing. Like, he was competitive for, like, open world records with, like, guys with use of their legs at one yeah. point. But right. um, but I believe he straps down to the bench. He does. He it, does. Yeah. So so it would only count in adaptive or special. It wouldn't count in open. Yeah, but I'm like I would. I mean, I can't picture having no stability with my legs, let alone no leg drive and being. It's just I can't fucking wrap my head around that. Imagine getting. Well, a Chad, I know what it's like. Is Chad had me do fucking feet up bench this press, which was like, I, I think he was like, think, like doing Marissa's program at the same time doing mine. He fucked him up. Yeah. He fucked him up. That sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, what the shit, fuck am I doing, man? You immediately shot that guy a DM and said, hats off to you, fucking sir. He doesn't know what you're saying. Yeah. I ran. You're like, I just want you to know, sir. I tried what you do. Hats off to you, sir. Yeah, I, I was at, like doing 400 pounds for a few reps, and I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> I put my fucking legs down like a man. God damn it. <laughs> But uh, listen, fellas, over here, it's getting about 9.30. We were running about two hours here. I'm glad you guys came on. Um, fuck, we got to do this again. Oh, we got to yeah. do this, like, uh, before some big competitions, after some big competitions, and talk about, like, who we're excited well, about leading up let's, to. Let's do it right after uh, my meet, because mine's two weeks after his, or three weeks. So right. November 10th. November 10th? Yeah. So, mine's October uh, 14th, so my Andy's will both be fresh off. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Let's hey, you, guys, you guys pay great. You know, that's the only reason why I do this, so. Respect <laughs> that check. We, that's right. You guys pay great. Wait, so wait. You mean the other guys you guys interview, you don't pay them? This is the testing. We got no money. We got no money in the testing. You know that. Listen, fellas, <laughs> thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll keep in touch. I'll shoot you guys this uh, audio as well. All right, man, appreciate it. Right, See you, good. fellas. Until next time. Later.
Well, how's this that fun? That's some fucking fun, man. That's a whole nother different. That was yeah. That's me, and that's why you got that Brendan Allen on. I I knew that was going to be entertaining just based on the last time he was on the podcast. Yeah, watching no, he, that episode. Dude, he shoots from the hip, and he's hip when he shoots, and he's even hipper when he's high. Yep. Um, uh, it, it is good to have all. It's a different perspective, man. It's a whole different like you bring it in a different world, and I like like. They are, they're at those events that you're talking about. We got, like, we're at, obviously, I'm at the IPF Worlds, like, every year. So I don't need extra like that all the time. That's fine. We have a lot yeah. of those guys on there, but it's good to have a, a mixture, man. Yeah, no, it's good. He's going to big dogs. He's going, he is one of the big dogs. Yeah. You know? I mean, he comes off as pretty humble, but he's definitely one of the tops. Like, it's... He's 100% one of the tops. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, he'd be, fuck, man. If you're at a house party, you gravitate towards this guy. Yeah. A, a blast. And, um, and Andy, who's like, it's, I love how these two are together because they complement each other's personalities. It's, <laughs> you know it's a I mean? little bit like yin and yang in a way. It, it, I don't you know. have to have that. Racist Wednesday? I was about to say, I don't mean that as racist yourself. Wednesday. But, um, no, but honestly, it is because uh, at times Andy can, like, he reels them in a little and goes, well. And yeah, he's a little, quiet, little bit he, quieter, a little bit softer spoken, but he's, good he's, counterpoints. But he's, he's that guy. Exactly. He has the analytical counterpoint that you're waiting for. That's why I shifted to him after. I'm like, what do you yeah. think, Andy? And it works perfect, man. Whereas Brandon's focus is more on uh, the size of the package. I was going to say, more on the size of the package <laughs> and what people are bringing to the party. <laughs> Literally both both within that's their right. totals and... That's right. That's right. He's got some fucking sound bites in him. We'll still be using our promos <laughs> years to come, my friend. Love them while you got them. Yep. Love them while you got them. I hope they do well. But, um, yeah, and uh, when we asked them about the U.S. Raw Nationals, that's kind of what I expected. expected. Yeah, which is fair enough because um, I don't know everybody in all the weight classes for the untested. I do know the big dogs literally like, you know, one of the best things about running King of Lifts, I can't be out of touch. I fucking post everybody all the time. When When the U.S. Open rolls around... I post highlights from everybody, every weight class. When US Open rolls around, we had Gracie D on here. Weight class by weight class preview. Big dogs, like when big dogs rolls around, I'll post the whole goddamn highlights, man. Like, yeah. I can't be out of touch of anything. Whereas, um, no, but it's know, true. Like, for someone like myself who's more of a IPF a, dude, more of an IPF dude, more of like, a, I'm not going to say a casual fan because I'm obviously huge. Yeah, in the power little past that. Yeah. But, um, but still, I couldn't tell you everyone that competes there. I follow certain athletes and I follow. It's like, it's like, um, if I was going to equate it to other people, it's like, fuck, man, I don't know other sports like this, other sport. well, it's, I don't want to say football, well, it's two different, I was about to say, let's soccer, well, there's so many different leagues, so many, it's hard to fucking, it really No, you know the superstars, you know who the top dogs are, but you're not following some, to go back to football, I'm not following a lineman that's playing for San Diego. That's right, and if it's, if it's soccer, you know certain people, when the World Cups rolls around, you know the big names. But um, up until then, there's so many goddamn leagues around, right? But um, so that's why you got to do this, man. But it's been yeah. a blast. We're rolling at like fucking two hours. Yeah, it's going to be another long one, but... Kathleen's going to kill me. And me. Yeah, and probably you on the way out. I'm going to try to sneak out the yeah. window and save the day. I'm actually going to roll out the... Uh, yeah. But, roll uh, it under the roof. That's right. Like a fucking ninja. Um, but thanks for tuning in, everybody. As usual, you know, like it, share it. Go over to the broadcast, follow them. These guys are uh, like wicked personalities and um, give great interviews, man. Yeah. They're the one-two punch, a good one-two punch. You got your jab, you got your right hand. And um, uh, but yeah, so by all means, and give us high ratings, please. Tell your friends. And uh, 
That's about it from Six Pack Lap of That. Palmer Antan Lifts. Until next time, my friends, see ya.